Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Buenos dias. Bom dia. How many different ways can we say uh, good morning? I know you got you What's know, a couple bon different What's Isn't that, that's uh, Portuguese, right? Oh, I don't know. You just taught me uh, something new. I did not, I, know you I know wasn't Italian. familiar can with you that. Say, can you give him good morning? In Ciao. Italian? There we go. Ciao. <laughs> we gave it to him in four different ways this morning. But Ashley, no, you, you, you bang us off. Listen, this might be the shortest IR in the history of IR. I'm back in studio. Um, <laughs> She's made not not in my best form, but we're here. Corey and I are holding it down. You know, you have the Splash Bros with the IR Bros. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Corey in the cut on the scooter. Ashley over here with her leg up from a swollen <laughs> foot. But um, we're gonna hold it down. Brandon is not here today. He is starting his vacation early somewhere in the world. He's here with um, his spirit. He's though. here in spirit. That's his chair right there. We see his football. He's always playing with his pad. Mm -hmm. We do have a really cool show though. We have Anton Walker joining us a little bit later. We're gonna discuss all things NBA. Thank you for everyone who's in the chat. Um, I am feeling better. I'm getting there. Um, you know, I can't wait to start feeling like myself again and walk on two feet, but we're managing. We're going to push through. We have a really dope show. And um, Corey, let the people know what we're talking about today. Man, we got a lot. We got a, we got a lot that we're talking about. Oh, not my YouTube oh. um, interrupting me. What were you watching on YouTube? Well, no, you know what I was going to do? I was going to, you know, I'm sure just like you, you have the show up, right? So you can look at the comments. I do, but it's, it's, on, it's on mute. I know, I know. I, <laughs> I should have muted my computer before I did that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of news. Of course, you know, there's a lot of topics and whatnot to talk about, but there's none bigger than the NBA Finals tonight, right? We got the Heat. And the Nuggets squaring off in game one. We got the eighth-seeded Miami Heat facing off the number one-seeded Denver Nuggets. It's only the second time in history that's ever happened. So we definitely got a good game, a good series really cooking on our hands. But yeah. uh, the, both teams spoke uh, at their media day yesterday. So I want to take a quick look at that. Maybe we can give you our thoughts. You know, we have four wins to go. We have to keep that same mind state um, and stay focused. Uh, we can't get relaxed or can't get complacent I think that's the biggest thing or satisfied you know we haven't won a championship so until then um, stay in the right mindset and uh, everything will come and that's the one thing that motivates every one of us is that we have yet to win a championship and that's why we're excited to be here but know that we have a ton of work to do and this is going to be the hardest challenge that any of us have faced in our NBA careers and we know what we're capable of you know the outside individuals don't get the opportunity to see that. And I wish that y'all did because then you would see that the guys that we have on this team, on this roster, um, can really play some high-level basketball. And we're going to stay confident because, like I said, we, we're in the, the grind every single day. 
um, guys have been out of the lineup all year long, got to step up, fill in, and, and do that job. So we're, we're never going to be surprised. We all think they're legit. Um, and uh, in some ways, you know, it's a mirror image you know, uh, series, not in terms of style, uh, but, uh, you know, teams that uh, probably have, have been overlooked, uh, underestimated, uh, build a chip on their shoulder uh, over that. Uh, you know, so it, it's lined up, you know, to be a, a great competition. No, I mean, a great competition is right. I yeah. mean, you look at both of these teams, it's going to be a good series. But right now, Ashley, who do you think, well, who do you have more confidence in really heading into game one? I mean, I had, oh, heading into game one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. I think the momentum lies with the Miami Heat. They're only two at the time. Uh, it's going to be three games out from their mm -hmm. last game. Mm -hmm. The Nuggets have been home. They've been chilling. Um, so I tend to lead in the favor of momentum. I think that if the Miami Heat have a chance of stealing one in Denver, it's going to be tonight. Um, with that said, though, I think this is a very interesting series because you have a tale of two underdogs, if you will. Yeah. The Denver Nuggets are not underdogs in terms of standing. They've been the number one seed. They've been, you know, the most dominant team in the West. You have Jokic, who was on the verge of being a three-time MVP, but still they haven't really gained or they haven't really garnered the respect that you would think a number one seed would get. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not the sexiest team. They don't play in the sexiest market. I would be willing to bet a lot of people don't watch Denver Nuggets games during the regular season mm -hmm. because they're a lot like um, the San Antonio Spurs, yeah, they where play good basketball. they play really good fundamental basketball, but it's not always the most exciting. You're not going to get slam dunks. You're mm -hmm. not going to get really, you know, these cool displays of basketball. You're just going to get really good ball. And on the other side, you have the eight seed play in Miami Heat, who's been underdogs because nobody expected them to make it this far. Right. So it's interesting that you have, you know, underdogs, but for two separate reasons. Um, with that said, I believe that the Denver Nuggets will still come out of this series, you know, the winner. I mm -hmm. had them going. I had them winning the whole thing mm -hmm. months ago. Yeah. Um, I just think that they are, you know, the better team going into this. Now, I'm not going to say they're the more I don't think they're more competitive than Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. I think the Miami Heat are extremely competitive. I think the Miami Heat are extremely chippy. Um, I think that, you know, they don't go out without a fight. Mm -hmm. I just think that Jokic is going to be a huge problem for yeah. the Miami. Stopping him is going to be a huge task. And I just don't know if that's something that this team, as currently mm -hmm. constructed, is going to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if Bam's going to be able to stop Jokic. Right, right, right. I want to stay right there on Jokic, though, right? Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who's really been watching the Denver Nuggets, you made the point there in a the small market, which is true. So a lot of people really haven't been able to watch Jokic, you know, over the last, yeah. I'd say, four years. But if you have, you know that Jokic has been playing just like this, like I mentioned, over the last four years. I want to ask you, though, ask you, like, what do you think this can do for Jokic's legacy if he actually gets a title? I mean, I've already said that I think that Jokic is already one of the best big men to ever play the game. I agree. But I think that if he wins a title, yeah. I think that you can start putting him in the top five conversation. Top five. Okay, I was yeah. going to say top 20, but you, you think No, top I think five. you can start putting him top five, top 10. Yeah. Like, I think that Jokic is something we've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. can't um, disagree with that. You know, top five may be a stretch. I'll say top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Um, but closer to five. Mm -hmm. So like maybe like six, seven, if he's not already in. If he was in somebody's top five, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be mad at that. Yeah. But I can also see him getting close to six, seven. But yeah. 
definitely top 10. I mean, mm. this is somebody who was on the verge of being a three-time MVP. But on mm. top of that, he's not watching him play. I'm somebody who watched Denver Nuggets play the entire season. But mm. I'm also somebody who, back in the day of Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker, I watched the Spurs play a lot. I'm yeah. somebody who I don't really need, you know, the glitz and the glamour. I like fundamental basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I am so amazed watching Jokic play because he does things that he shouldn't be able to do. It's he's like a video not game. he's not the most athletic. Like let's be honest, he's not the most athletic. He's slow. Mm-hmm. You know, physically speaking, he doesn't, you know, he's not like this Adonis like a LeBron where he's ripped and he's cut and he's mm-hmm. like I mean, he does things that are just so abnormal to somebody who looks and plays like him. But I have seen him do things that the most athletic player couldn't mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. do. It's yeah. absolutely insane. Um, he's just, he's a hybrid we've never seen before. Never. And I don't know how he can win a championship and be a two-time MVP and almost three-time MVP and then add the fact that he is something we have never seen before, mm-hmm. how you cannot put him in the top five, top ten conversation yeah. of big men to ever play the game. Yeah, I don't well, see it. I, I think he needs to be a nugget forever. But, you know, this is it's funny. We were talking about, you know, Jokic now. And before the show, I was talking with, you know, Wu in the West. He's, he's of course, here with us and whatnot. But Jokic is literally something out of a video game. You, you made the point right. that, like, he's done things that we've never seen a player do before. That's true. It's like, again, He's what you try to create on 2K. Like he does everything mm-hmm. right, and and we see that on the court in real life. So to your point, I definitely think he can be a top ten. There's only five positions on the court, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about him being one of the better centers of all time, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he can be in that top ten um, list. That is, if you know, he starts to secure some titles. And, and I think this, also, this could possibly be the start. It's so easy. Like it's, I find it hard to believe. Like, not hard to believe. I find it hard to accept people who don't like Jokic. Yeah, right. He is so easy to like. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not flash. Not that I mind. Listen, I trust me. This is me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind flash. I don't mind glitz. Mm-hmm. I, don't mind, I don't mind glamour. I don't mind sparkle. I, I love it. I'm here for it. Shine bright. Shine like a diamond. All that. Mm-hmm. But Jokic reminds me of a Tim Duncan. Yeah. Like, he just, his, he lets his game speak for himself. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't do too much. He doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. he's not talking the biggest trash talk. Even in the game, like, he does things. And normally when you see certain celebrations and, you know, Jokic is just like, yep, I did it. Move on to yeah, the right, next. He's right. just so humble and he's so just, he's also very funny. Like, mm-hmm. if you ever hear, like, things that he says sometimes, mm-hmm. he's very funny. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, even him yesterday in Media Day. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, he had some clips in, in Media Day yesterday. That was, that one was of my trendy. favorite, one of my favorite clips was when they asked him about being picked last in the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the camera and he said, I am not meant for this game. I don't know. <laughs> like, he's like basically like, don't insult me with, uh-huh, uh-huh. with all-star games. I'm trying to win a championship. Exactly. I don't give a crap about being picked last. He's just so easy to like. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Jokic. Um, I don't know. I Like I said, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, the Nuggets are going to sweep Miami. I don't know how you can see what Miami has done this playoff run. And think they're going to get swept. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to lose, they're going to lose going down swinging. Yeah, of course. Um, I think that given how this series, how this Miami Heat team has been able to claw and scratch their way to wins, 
I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this series goes six. Mm -hmm. All right, now you were kind of transitioning to the Miami Heat, so let's talk about their superstar. You were making fun of me yesterday about my bromance with Jimmy Butler, but like, mm -hmm. no, he's he's a legitimate superstar. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, we've seen what he's done in the you know in this playoff run, mm -hmm. and we also have to give him credit. Like, he's led the Heat to the Eastern Conference Finals in three of the last four seasons. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's only one other team that we could say you know has has done just that, and that's you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the Celtics and whatnot. But what do you think this would do for Jimmy Butler's legacy if he wins a title? Now, I think the question is, you know, with the ring, is Jimmy Butler worthy of the Hall of Fame? That's really my question. Do you think Jimmy Butler's worthy of the Hall of Fame without a ring? Without a ring, you can kind of make a case that he's one of those guys that just wasn't able to get one. There's a lot of players who go in the Hall of Fame and right. have been in the Hall of Fame without a, exactly, without a ring. Exactly, exactly. So, that, well, so that, that's what I'm saying. I think, don't you think that a ring might cement that, that theory there? I mean, for me, Jimmy Butler's a Hall of Fame player without the ring, but I guess for mm -hmm. people who okay. are doubters, yeah, sure. Okay, so you do um, think he is one without the ring? Yeah, like I think Carmelo's one without a ring. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that rings to dictate Hall of Fame. Mm. I think that there are some players who just couldn't get it done. But I think we're seeing the best basketball of Jimmy Butler's career right now during his stint in Miami. I mean, mm -hmm. he's broken yeah, multiple right. records in Miami. He's bo he's broken multiple heat records in Miami. Um, I think he gets in regardless. I think if he wins, it it hushes a lot of the, the doubters and the mm -hmm. naysayers. Mm -hmm. But me personally, um, that wouldn't, if he didn't win one, I still think he had a Hall of Fame career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I still remember that stat that you deemed ridiculous, right? What's that Jimmy that? Butler holds. It's him and Michael Jordan, the only two players with multiple. I don't care about those ridiculous stats, Corey. <laughs> the only two players Every with multiple. Every time somebody 35. does something, it's Michael Jordan did it. Rebounds, I don't, five assists, five steal games. I think I that's an care. incredible stat. Don't care about those Jordan reach stats. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's another storyline in this series, though, is that Tyler Hero, he will return for game three. Right. And yesterday, uh, Draymond Green, well, it was recently, I'm not sure if it was yesterday, but recently Draymond Green on his podcast said that Tyler Hero, he's somebody that's too talented not to incorporate. Right. But he added that he wouldn't slot him really into the rotation, meaning that he wouldn't throw him maybe back into like the top seven rotation that they have and would just use him maybe situationally. How, how do you feel about that? How do you think I they agree. should incorporate Tyler Hero? No, I agree. I think that um, Tyler Hero's missed a lot of basketball. Um, and to go ahead and kind of just thrust him into mm -hmm. the lineup as if he hasn't missed a lot of basketball would be kind of irresponsible. Mm -hmm. um, it messes with the flow. It messes with the chemistry. And yes, I know that this is a player who this team is familiar with. I mean, they're teammates and they have been teammates for X amount of years. Mm -hmm. But I still think that you're talking about the finals. This is not a chance. This is not a time to experiment. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? This is not a time to go ahead and try to... Um, you know, bring the old thing back, if right, you will. Right. I think that Tyler Hero, and also you don't know, I mean, I know that he's been practicing, I know that he's been shooting, I know that he's, you know, been, you know, implemented here or there, but you also don't know what percentage of Tyler Hero you're going to get. I mean, he had a broken hand. Right, right, right. So if his shot is off, you don't want to go ahead and dig yourself into a hole. I yeah. would say bring him Pretty off the bench. Pretty important aspect of the game. Right. I would <laughs> say bring him into, I would say bring him off the bench. Um... If you need to, when I say you need to, you need extra scoring help, shots aren't falling. Um, because if you're already in that deficit where you're not producing points and shots mm -hmm. aren't falling, bringing Tyler Hero in is not gonna make or break that. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's either gonna make it worse and you're yeah. already worse, yeah, yeah. or it's gonna make it better, which is what you right. need. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing him 
the way that he would normally be played if mm-hmm. he hadn't come off an if he's not if he weren't weren't coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna give you multiple scenarios. So this first one isn't obviously my prediction of what's gonna happen. But if the Heat go up 2-0, like what are you doing with Tyler Hero? Who's Game going three? up to? You think the Heat are going no, up? No, no, no. Th- that's that's why I said that to start. I said this isn't my prediction. Oh, oh I was I'm gonna like, give Whoa. you multiple scenarios. Okay. But if the Heat go up 2-0, what do you do with Tyler Hero? In Game Three. At home? Yeah. Do you still give him some minutes, or do you like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it? give him some minutes i would experiment a little bit mm-hmm. see see what he can give me yeah um because if you happen to lose that game you want to know you want to gauge you know what version of tyler hero you'll get for mm-hmm. game like what you'd be able to get for the rest of the series yeah, like maybe what his plus or minus right you're already up to oh it's not you know bringing him in a little bit here and there during a game three won't make or break it if you do lose it you're still up mm-hmm. um but you want you have to go ahead and see what version of tyler hero you're going to get before you before you need him if that makes mm-hmm. sense you don't want to see what version you're going to get when you need him you yeah, want right. to see it before you need him exactly, so exactly. that's what i that's what so I in do. the scenario where it's one one what are you doing going back to miami i'd still i'd still dabble i'd still bring mm-hmm. him in a little bit like i said you need to see what version of him you're going to get mm-hmm. um i'm not playing him more than maybe 10 minutes mm-hmm. 15 tops that's fair. um i need to just see him I need to see a shot. I need to see, you know, how he holds the ball, how he grips it, how he dribbles it. Um, and if I'm pleased with that, then maybe I'll give him more minutes in game four, game mm-hmm. five, or however mm-hmm. long the series goes. Yeah. But um, I'm not playing him a full full game. I'm mm-hmm. personally not playing him a full game at all. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, But I would be a little bit more inclined to play him a little bit longer, depending mm-hmm. on what he looks like when I do bring him in. Now, when I was watching the Draymond Green podcast, the point he made was, I'm, I'm incorporating, I'm really using Tyler Hero more if, if the he go down 0-2. Cause that's the spark that that might you know get them rolling at home in game three. That, oh, I agree with that. I agree sure. with that statement. So yes. if they go down like oh two, you incorporate Tyler Hero a little more. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. No. Nah, yeah. I, I was able to co-sign that. I, I agree. I agree. But um, all right, we'll see, and we'll talk. Uh, you know, the finals a little bit more when Antoine Walker joins us. But you're listening to Paper Route on Faction Talk Sirius XM Radio Station 103, right? But uh, we're gonna move on. Last night. We got an update on our phones, not an update, excuse me, a notification on our phones that Shannon Sharp reached a buyout with Fox Sports 1, ending yeah. the partnership on Undisputed with co-host Skip Bayless. I just want to get your thoughts on that, Ashley. Like, did you see this coming? Well, before we start that, yeah. I see all these sweatshirts that Brandon Marshall has just hanging uh-huh. here, and I am freezing. So, yeah. Wu, can I grab one of those? <laughs> yeah. You certainly can. Um, Which I'll one take, you picking? I'll take the Brooklyn one. I figured that's the one you was going to say. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take that one <laughs> if it's only, clean, because right you know now. Brandon likes to sweat in that one. Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it smells clean, Wu, you can give uh, yeah, me yeah, that hopefully one. Hopefully, he ain't work out in it. Oh, yeah, I don't about, want the Devontae about, Adams yeah, right. jersey. I don't want the Devontae Adams work, jersey. Huh? There's not enough. There's no sleeves on that one. Mm-hmm. I need something a little bit cozy. How's that smell? Does it smell nice and clean? Yeah, it smells pretty clean. I don't there's like little, how you said that. There's some hesitation there, huh? <laughs> it smells clean. What was that hesitation okay. for? Okay, it smells clean. He had to smell the armpits. Corey, while I put the... I don't think it's washed. Oh, no, no, no. Give me... Yeah, give me... clean. Mm-hmm. You wore it once at least. Okay, that's fine. Corey, while I'm putting this on, you go ahead and... Give me your thoughts on Shannon yeah, Sharp. My thoughts, I'll go after you. I mean, so look, this was my, this was my thought when I when I saw this, right? I, I thought it was probably a long time coming. I was assuming maybe 
you know, this is, you know, they were done and, and, and the idea of, of it was kind of diminishing maybe a couple months back. Like I can remember, like I wanted to ask you too, what maybe you thought was what, you know, broke the straw on the camel's back. But I think it was when, um, you know, they had got into it on the show. Remember, I don't know if you were, if you remember, they were discussing the Tom Brady. Was, they were discussing Tom Brady at the time. This was in like December mm-hmm. of, uh, of last year. And, and Skip Bayless basically said, you were never the player that Tom Brady was. And he was just like, hold on now, Skip. Like. I'm a Hall of Famer. You know, like, why are you, why are you trying to make this personal? Why are you trying uh-huh. to take personal shots? I thought maybe that was a situation that did. I mean, I think also a little bit of it is is how they play into it. Mm-hmm. I think that a big part of their whole spiel yeah. is, you know, kind of going at each other like that. You know, it's kind of their whole gimmick. You know, a debate show only works, <clears throat> excuse me, a debate show only works when you have two people who have opposing viewpoints mm. otherwise it's an agree show you're right and we're just sitting here agreeing with each other for two hours that's and that's point. no fun um so i do think that some of it is not orchestrated but some of it's a little bit dramatized mm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. now has there been things that have been said that maybe have crossed certain boundaries mm-hmm. um that maybe did not play out on screen, but did play out behind the scenes. I wouldn't doubt that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that sometimes they tend to hit below the belt sometimes, and and you know they're two alpha males, if you yeah. will. Yeah, yeah. And when you have that, um, you're bound to ruffle some feathers and hurt some feelings. Um, I think though that. I don't know. I I ten, I would like to believe that there is still a level of respect between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe just the show has run its course. Mm-hmm. Their dynamic has run its course. But um, like even with me and Brandon, when you think about our how we debate, mm-hmm. we can debate and disagree, but there's still a level of respect. Of course. Of course and yeah. I think that once that level of respect is gone, mm-hmm. when you take that out from the foundation. It's hard to work with somebody. Now it's contentious. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that level of respect is no longer there and the debates have become more contentious and more of a a chore mm-hmm. than an enjoyment. And when that happens, you know, it's time to go your separate ways. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. And I think, I think. Uh, um, you got yeah, something, yeah, Wu? Yeah, what, what, what you got? Because I, I actually was a fan of the show. Yeah. Long, long, long of Undisputed? Time. Yeah, like, yeah most, undisputed. like most are. I mean, it is a good show. It's a good show. It's entertaining. Correct, yeah. correct. But I feel like you could see it mostly on Shannon. It's almost like Skip has a way of being oblivious to the fact that he's pissing him off. Mm-hmm. Is he oblivious or is he playing dumb? He could be playing dumb, but you would see Shannon, let's say, take off his glasses, mm-hmm. ruffle up, mm-hmm. start to really get hyped because it's like he's taking it more serious. I, I think Skip just knows how to get under his skin in a way. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think it's a lot of Skip knowing that, like, all right, you know, this this is what sells. This is what's entertaining. Let me push the line a little bit. and But knowing he's getting personal. And, and that's that's why I brought up, you know, like that Tom Brady situation. I think, you know, to your point, that's my, that might have been when this respect was, was lost or when it was broken. And, you know, of course, due to contractual obligations and whatnot, he just he just couldn't terminate it there, but I think mm-hmm. he was looking for, and which the reports are saying the NBA final after the NBA finals is when they'll part ways. You know, it's it's the dead time in sports. So it is interesting though that yeah. he reached a buyout with FS1 and not just with his undisputed contract because mm-hmm. if you you know read the finer print, um, 
there is also um, his his Club Shay Shay podcast is also leaving FS1. So mm-hmm. I wonder what the underlining issue there is. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's he's unhappy altogether. Mm-hmm with just FS1 and maybe how he's been portrayed on Undisputed and that's been a trickle-down effect, or if FS1 prioritizes Skip more Mm. than they prioritize Shannon and that's something that left him feeling a type of way. Um, You know, to Skip's credit, not taking sides, but he, before this whole hot take, you know, talk show type things, he was an incredible journalist, like a well-respected journalist. Mm He is somebody who you can say was one of the pioneers for this hot take, you know, first take type of um, show format. Mm -hmm. You know, he handpicked Stephen A. He handpicked Shannon Sharp to be his partner. Um, Not saying that, you know, that gives him carte blanche. But I wonder if in the eyes of FS1, it does. And that also ended up being something that was um, an issue for Shannon because to be completely bought out of your deal with the entire company right. says to me that it's not just about Skip, that it's about more than him. Mm-hmm. You think he now takes the new media route? Think just makes his podcast more of his... his I mean, look, he has a great podcast. He has yeah, a great following. Um, it does really well on um, YouTube. I wouldn't be surprised if it was picked up by, you know, whoever. He got an endorsement deal with, you know, a, a sports book house or whatever the case may be. Um there's so many avenues now to go ahead and get content out. You don't mm-hmm. need linear all the time. Yeah, right. Um, I don't see him making the jump to ESPN mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah, I think you don't he, think it's not it's not like a switch. You don't no, think he'll make I don't, it more? I'd be very surprised if he went to ESPN. Truthfully, um, he may do the new media thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it would look like. Like who would he partner with? But you know, that's probably a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think the future looks like for Skip? Though, do you think Skip will probably just kind of get like a new co-host, or do you think you'll see him more on like a large panel type thing now? No, he'll just find a new person. Yeah, I think Skip. That Skip's. Do you think Undisputed will remain? You think Undisputed will remain, and it'll just be you know just new hosts? I believe that Undisputed is their highest viewed program yeah. so i would be surprised if fs1 but it is interesting they got, saying, rid of, what's they got without they Shannon got Sharp. they got rid of jenny taff also yeah or tate is that her name tater taft i don't want to mess her name is up. that is that like the uh, girl who like, has, like, like their moderator huh? yeah yeah um i don't know i mean i would be surprised if fs1 doesn't yeah. allow their flagship to continue undisputed is like their flagship show yeah um i don't know who else would be out there that would work with Skip as a co-host. I think everyone's so used to seeing Shannon, but at yeah. one point everyone was so used to seeing Skip and Stephen A, and they got used to Shannon. So you're right, you're right. Oh, that was yeah, that was Stephen A's show before Shannon. No, huh? it was First Take was his show. That's what it was, but it was but it was, it was Skip and, and it was Skip, Skip yeah. and Stephen A on First Take, and uh-huh. then Skip left to Fox Sports undisputed right, right, with right, Shannon, right. and everyone was like, "This is not gonna work," yeah, and it worked. And it worked. Yeah. So I mean, you can do it again, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, no, see. we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. All right, moving on. Another big report in sports last night. Monty Williams agreed to a six-year, $72 million deal to become the Pistons' head coach. Now, you know, their record wasn't good, right? I think they were they were 17-65. and 65. But if you watch the Pistons last year, in my opinion, I thought they competed very well. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, if you put together Monty Williams, you put together, you know, a really young court. They got Kay Cunningham. He's the former number one overall pick. Averaged 19.9 points per game last year. Bojan Bogdanovich was 27th in the league in scoring. And then you got a whole bunch of other young guys. James Wiseman, they acquired him through trade. You got Jalen Duran. He's 19 years old, but showed a lot of promise. Durin. Durham, excuse mm-hmm. me, excuse me. Thanks for that correction. Duran is a is a band. Duran Duran. You're right. I don't know why I've always thought it was. Do you know who Duran Duran is? Oh Lord, put me on the spot. No, you don't I know don't. who Duran Duran is. I do oh not. my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me give me a history lesson on who that is. It's what a band. It? It's oh, like, but what type of was on rock like, band? Oh, rock band. Mm-hmm. From which era? Like the Duran Duran's probably from the 80s. I want to think. Yeah. It's like a. You never heard that song? 70s. 70s. You never heard that song? Hungry like the wolf. Sing it. Oh my God! I'm not gonna say that. And I'm hungry like the. You remember that song? Uh-huh. You remember that song? Okay. I do not. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look back. Back to Monty Williams. Do you think Monty Williams can turn things around? No, no. Excuse me. Can you? Do you think they can turn into contenders with Monty Williams at their head? Contenders, like yeah. for a championship contenders. Yeah. Like turn turn them around, like how he arguably turned around the Suns. I'm 50-50. I think that Monty Williams is great when it comes to program building. I think that he's the coach that this um, young team will benefit immensely from. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that this is a team that's going to be a championship team during his tenure? Mm-hmm. My gut says no. Mm-hmm. Do I think that this will be a playoff team during his tender? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think that he is, like I said, a coach that is a program builder. I think that he does really well with young talent, Mm -hmm. molding it, shaping it. I think that players like him. Excuse me. I think that players like him. Um, I think that players respect respect him. They respond to him well. Um, and I think that's going to be super beneficial when you have a team of such young guys. I mean, they're all under the age of 27, I believe. Right. It's yeah. a very like young entire, team. Yeah, yeah, the entire team. I'd say Bojan Bogdanovic, he's up there in age. But, I'd but say for the, only for the like most part, like no, this right. whole team is like 27 or younger. So mm-hmm. they're going to need a lot of leadership. Um, they're going to need a lot of molding. And I think that Monty Williams is the, is the coach to do that. Um, not a championship team. But definitely a playoff team. And I think a multiple-time playoff team. I don't think it's yeah. going to be like a one-time playoff run in during his tenure. I think we'll see them in the playoffs a few times. Yeah, because look, what I wanted to do was look back at uh, the Phoenix Suns and their records over the years. The year before Monty Williams got there, the Suns were 19-63. and 63. <laughs> That was their record. And his first year... They kind of brought it, a, you know, closer to 500, 34 and 39. And then in that next year, they went to the finals. Right. Wow. So that's something I think that he can do there with the Pistons. Pistons, they they hold the number five overall pick in this year's draft. I mean, they do. I, I wish I can go through maybe like some like historical number five overall picks. But I think you can get a franchise changing player at the number five overall pick. So they have pieces now. Again, you 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 throw in Monty Williams as a good, you know, uh, leader. I think they got something cooking. We'll see. I mean, I, I was telling, you know, the guys before the show, they went to Miami and beat the Heat. Now, granted, it was in December and whatnot, and you can argue that was, you know, right. Basketball was hasn't really started yet. Yeah, but, okay. yeah. And I think that's even before the All-Star break, right, or nearing the All-Star break. Yeah, the All-Star break is in February. So, But, but look, you, I mean, the, the Heat, we know them. I mean, look, they're in the finals right now. We know them as a team that's going to show up every night. Mm-hmm. Pistons beat them by 20 points mm-hmm. at in Miami. So I'm like, I think there's promise. I think there's promise. You talk about 
a guy like Jaden Ivey. He was a guy because Kay Cunningham and Bojan Bogdanovic, they were hurt down the stretch of the season. Jaden Ivey was a young guy who had to step in. He averaged 16.2 points per game, right? Mm -hmm. It was really their primary score in that time that Kay Cunningham and Bojan Bogdanovic were out. Again, he showed promise, just like Jaden, you said Duran, right? Jaden Duran, yeah. Jaden Duran. Like, all of these guys, again, I, I think they, they show promise. But, um, yeah, Jaden Ivey, I think he can be, like, a legitimate, like, third scorer when they have a full, healthy no, roster. No, they have a lot. They have a dope team. Yeah. Like, they have a dope team with a lot of upside and a lot mm -hmm. of promise. I'm yeah. a fan of a lot of the guys on that squad. I think they've drafted well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that they've been able to secure a lot of dope players because they've gone through the dark ages. Mm -hmm. I think that – um. I think that Monty is the, the coach for this team. Yeah. Um. I just hope that people are realistic with their expectations. Mm, That's mm. all. Yeah. 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 No, I would say give him give him about two to three years. How you feel about James Wiseman and his potential? You remember him? He came from uh, Golden State. They were mm -hmm. looking to really incorporate him and what they had going, but just couldn't really you know make a fit with them. Find a fit. Yeah. I mean, James Wiseman. There's a lot of upside to him as well. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they couldn't really make it fit with him in Golden State, but um. I think he has a lot of I think he has a lot of talent and a lot of things that he can positive things that he can bring to a team. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm interested to see how Monty you know utilizes that. Right, right. Um, you know, sometimes I say this a lot of the times, and we can, we've seen it throughout the NBA. Um, I think that sometimes the players get bad reps because they're in bad situations. Yeah. But then you get a version of them, a different version of them in a better situation and it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes i think about derrick rose for example is one of my favorite examples to use because mm -hmm. um you know derrick rose was a player who in detroit he was kind of sent there for his career to die essentially mm -hmm. like let's call it what it was yeah. um nobody thought that he had anything else to give to a team to bring to a team he was in detroit kind of just wasting the last years of his career or whatever was left of his career away he goes to new york and it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes mm -hmm. he has his moment and also he's a presence in that locker room mm -hmm. sometimes situations make players and i think that this will be the same for james, james wiseman yeah yeah no that's my hope that's my hope so i think bright again bright future for the pistons we'll see what they do there uh moving on fred van fleet right point guard for the Toronto Raptors has emerged as a potential replacement for James Harden in Philadelphia. If you remember not too long ago, the Philadelphia 76ers, they hired Nick Nurse as their new head coach coming from Toronto. He spent five years with Fred Van Fleet in Toronto. So it makes sense, you know, that, that these reports are surfacing. You think he'd be a good fit in Philly, you know, if they figure out what they want to do with their stars? Yeah. I mean, Fred Van Fleet is a reliable He's a reliable point guard. He's not young, though. No, uh, uh, he's, he's still in his in his 20s, right? Mid to late 20s. Is he no? in his 20s? Why do I think that. he was in his that. 30s? Fred Van Vliet? No. Oh, then I'm, he sh then he I'm my be. bad, me... Fred. I'm aging you. He's 29. Um, he's 29. He's 29. Oh, okay. So he's right there. He's, um, he's still averaging about 20 points per game, though. Yeah, I feel like. But you know what the and difference? And a great facilitator. You know what? Yeah, he's a great facilitator, but also he is reliable. You know what version mm -hmm. of Fred Van Fleet you'll get right. night in and night out. He's consistent. Which, much to James' credit, James' credit, much to James Harden's discredit, when he's on, he's unstoppable. I mean, we saw him drop 50, mm -hmm. right? Or 40, whatever that game was. Mm -hmm. But when he is off, it's like, who whose mans is this? Yeah, and what you percentage what I mean? of the time are you going to get him right. when he's on? So what, what version of James Harden are you going to get when he's on? I'm sorry, what percentage of James Harden are you going to get when he's on? Is it 
of the season because that's not enough. Mm -hmm. While he may not be the superstar that James Harden is or the star that James Harden is or the name that James Harden is, I think that he is a solid, consistent force that the team can benefit from. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing I'm concerned about, he's small. Mm -hmm. And when you're small, it makes you a defensive liability. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I'm concerned about is is how tiny he is yeah. and a, how that will defensively team, yes how that will defensively hurt the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers but if you can hide that a good coach should be able to hide that mm-hmm. and mask that. Yeah. Um so we'll see. I I personally don't hate the move. Mm-hmm. Um would it be my number one option? No, but I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean cuz you you can argue Fred Van Fleet might be a better defensive option to James Harden I mean so so yeah we'll we'll see with that but you know Nick Nurse he he said that he went to Philly for Joel Embiid now if James Harden leaves do you think Joel Embiid stays in Philly like is this like is Nick Nurse might have you know has he found himself in a situation in a potential situation here in a little bit what do you mean because I I think do you think Joel Embiid wants to be in Philly that's my question basically does anyone want to be in Philly have you been to Philly (laughs) I have been to Philly. Yeah. Do you like Philly? Philly. I've never heard you know, somebody say I want to go to Philly on vacation. Right, right. No, exactly. Like, and but I'm talking about you know outside the court and even on the court. Like I don't like has Philly proven that they have all that they need to really be a championship contender? I mean, we talking about an MVP, <sighs> Joel Embiid with a you know a, a, a James Harden that I'd say kind of showed up in the playoffs this year. You got a young guy named like with Maxi, Tobias Harris. Like people were arguing that that was a very like that was probably Joel Embiid's best team. I'll say this: I'm fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe Nick Nurse is hired if it doesn't go through Joel Embiid. Yeah. Okay. So I believe Embiid approved this hiring, um, especially after the season that they had. Um, I don't think that you hire a new head coach without running it by your star, your Mm -hmm. superstar. Mm -hmm. With that said, I think you see Joel Embiid in Philly next season. If this team does not perform in the way that it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he wants out. Mm. I think that you lose Doc Rivers, who some people will say was made a scapegoat. I don't think that was the case. I just don't think he was the coach for the job. Yeah. If you lose James Harden and you get um, a reliable point guard, you have you have a you have a nice supporting cast in Philly. Like it's not mm-hmm. like the team needs a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It's just fine tuning here and there. If you go ahead and you make those adjustments, Joel Embiid has a healthy season, and they still don't perform. Yeah. Then, Joel Embiid asked for asked for a trade. Okay. No, no. I mean, that's a realistic scenario. Now you just mentioned James Harden right now there's speculation that he might make his return to Houston. And on that note, it was a report yesterday saying that Boston Celtics are expected to lose a couple of their assistant coaches to Ime Udoko's staff in Houston. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, they, they they might have like a, you know, a master plan that they're formulating in Houston, especially if they, you know, if they're thinking about getting a guy like James Harden, already have a couple, you know, young, young guards in Jalen Green and Kevin Porter. Uh, can Ime Udoko turn things around in Houston and maybe even before you answer that question how realistic do you think it is that James Harden goes back to Houston 
I mean, this is the man who left Houston to go to Brooklyn, left Brooklyn mm-hmm. to go to Philly. Yeah. You, I mean, it wouldn't be that. It's not that far fetched that he would leave Philly, go back right. to Houston. Go back to Houston. Yeah. Um, Houston. I mean, Philly's probably not his. Uh, what's the word? His um, extracurricular cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's not Houston. Yeah, he likes to have fun. Right? Yeah, Stay yeah. Trying. He's not having the same kind of fun he's having in Houston and Philly. Uh-huh. Um, with that said, I think that James Harden is somebody. James Harden strikes me as somebody at this stage of his career is chasing the bag and chasing what he thinks is the better option. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like James Harden is a player at this stage in his career who wants to do the work anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that, what I mean by that is I don't think he wants to trust the process. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think he wants to do that. Mm. I think he went to Brooklyn because he thought that that was going to be an instant, a microwave championship. It turned out not to be that. I want out. Mm. And it happened to be that the Ben Simmons trade gave him an out. With the Philly situation, I just don't feel like... I just don't feel like he prioritizes necessarily the game as he does the money and his lifestyle Mm -hmm. at this stage in the game. And I could be wrong, but it just comes across to me that his work ethic is not what it used to be. And because of that, he'll always be chasing what seems to be better Mm -hmm. instead of just staying where he is and working to make it better, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So do I see him going back to Houston? Absolutely. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, you think you think I think that Ashley has a point. I think he's chasing the past. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. he had the best time. I think we saw the best version of James in Houston. And he he, on and off the court. Yeah. and (laughs) And he tried his best to microwave it like just get two all-stars and just go for the championship and it didn't work out so i think he's chasing what he had in houston hopefully his skill set as well and not just the extracurricular which is basically just yeah. like a fun lifestyle correct you think he's done just correct. you think he's just done ring but, chasing but do you guys feel point? like players do you guys feel like players sometimes like as things continue like they they eventually reach a point where they have to give up on the ring and just chase the money um, well, I think there's two. Yeah, I think there's two types of players, right? There are the players that, you know, they still want to ring, and they'll take like those vet contracts, right? Take the pay cuts just to, and also a lesser role to get that ring. And then you have the guys like maybe like a James Harden, right, who still feels he has a lot in the tank and still feels he's deserving of a bigger contract. So. Um, I'm thinking James Harden hasn't reached that point yet where he's feels mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm nearing my, you know, the time where I'm gonna hang it up. I think he still feels like he's deserving of those big contracts, um, and he's just like, I'm gonna put it in the owner or the GM's hands to just build something around me. Like I know what I bring to the table, but now I'm just gonna put it instead of really having a foot or, or say in, all right, I want to play with this player. Like, like he was like in Brooklyn. Like, I, I want to team up with KD and, and Kyrie. Like, I think he's just like, you know, I'm going to find myself in a comfortable situation for my, you know, for myself, which would be Houston, mm-hmm. where I can have that balance, you know, that on and off the court, you know, balance and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think he's going to just put it in the hands of whatever team he lands on to just yeah. build around him. I think also James Harden has this warped sense of reality in the sense that he still thinks – he is, like we said, this version of him that he's not. 
So when you speak about him, you know, expecting a GM to build around him and to walk into this situation that's perfect and, you know, X, Y, and Z, it's just this unrealistic, it's just this unrealistic mindset because he's not that version of him anymore. You know, he's not that consistent version of himself anymore. And I think that when you still exist in a past tense version of who you are, it makes it harder to go ahead and coexist in the present, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying that it's not about, you know, championships are the only thing that matters. But at some point, you have to want to do the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't keep chasing what looks like an instant fix. You can't keep chasing, you know, this, that's the saying, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. There are always going to be problems in an organization. Mm-hmm. It's just that there may be different problems in that organization. But what problem, you have to figure out what problems you're willing to deal with because the reward of what those problems will one day produce mm-hmm. is worth it. And I just feel like he doesn't have that mindset. Right. He just kind of wants to just collect his check, play ball, and sometimes play it at a high level, sometimes play it at an average level, and go about his business. Mm -hmm. So I I mean, I just, I don't know. It's unfortunate, but I feel like this is just the James Harden that we have. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, to the question more centered around Emi Yudoko and uh, and the Houston Rockets, do you think he could turn things around there, like with the leadership that he he brings? Um, Turn things around in what aspect? I'd say, you know, I feel like this is a conversation similar to the one we were just having with Monty Williams and the, and, the, and the Pistons, right? How far away do you think the Houston Rockets are from being maybe a playoff team or maybe even like Not a far. play-in team? Because, I'm, you know, I'm looking at their, their record from last year. They're 22-60. and 60. And, if, again, if you watch basketball, the Rockets were another team, given the, you know, the Warriors' trouble out in the West, given the Nuggets' trouble out in the West during the season and whatnot. They would lose those close games ultimately. But – they're a, a team, you know, with promise. Jalen Green, he's the 23rd scorer in the NBA, 22 points per game. Kevin Porter, 19, you know, averaging about 20 points per game, five assists. And then also, he's another guy, you know, just as I said with the, you know, with the Pistons. These teams, they don't come on TV often, right? Mm-hmm. But you got a guy, if you watch the the Houston Rockets and Alpern Sengun, the, dude, the dude's a bucket. I don't, I mean... Turn things around if we're talking play-in, low-seeded playoff. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely within their reach. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a championship team anytime soon? No. Yeah, it's a different story. It's a different story. But I definitely think that those team will see some success as a play-in team. A, 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 like I said, a low-seeded a low playoff team. Um, and sometimes that's all that you want. When you have young guys, you want them to get that experience on the quote-unquote big stage, right. you know, when the game changes and things like that. So I absolutely believe that Ime Udoka can bring them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Actually, I was just, you know, because we're on Word on the Tweet right now. I was just uh-huh. looking through my timeline. And it was it was like an update and uh, not, nothing too breaking news, but I, I got an update. It says referee Uh-oh. Eric Lewis not selected to work NBA finals while league looks into tweets. We were talking about that the other day. <laughs> you think Eric Lewis is, is just guilty of maybe all of like the, the corruption talk that they're trying to, you know, circulate around his name? I still don't understand what the issue is. Right. Like, I'm still very confused by... Well, the problem. 
I remember Corey mentioned this, and I, mm-hmm. I wanted to say something about it yesterday, but mm-hmm. he had mentioned that he's a big Celtics fan. Yeah. Okay, so but... if he's a proud Celtics fan, isn't it kind of a disadvantage to be refereeing the No, because, series? I mean, you can't stop a referee from being a fan of a team. Like, I'm a Cowboys fan. Doesn't mean that, like, I'm going to unfairly, like, report on the Cowboys. I'm the first one to call them out for sucking. Yeah. Like, I'm the first one to, like, bash them for, like, not Agreed, playing well. But... Or the Knicks. I'm the first one to fire off on the Knicks. But uh, my thing but is, I mean, is, to like... Be vocal. But here's the thing, like, here's my issue, was when we came to the Burner account, had we seen tweets of him predicting scores, predicting which player, predicting, I'm using predicting, Mm -hmm. predicting scores, predicting um, fouls on a certain player, predicting how many times the free throw line a certain player was going to be, and those things ended up being true, I'm like, all right, he's an op, you're going to have to go ahead and... (laughs) You're gonna have to go ahead and but handle this. You, but you we're know. talking about we're talking about a burner account where like he's defending himself. Like I don't see anything egregious there. Like now, yeah. unless it's a deep dive, unless yeah. it's like okay, this is the beginning, but maybe he has a FanDuel account, maybe mm-hmm. he has whatever. Then I get it. Then we got a mm-hmm. deep dive. But just that burner account, I didn't see anything like that egregious from it. Well, it's not sus though that like he's trying to justify controversial calls. Like some of them are controversial calls. And do you know? Do it you know? Uh, do you know that he was also refereeing the game when LeBron? Do you remember the, the the game that came down to that last possession? LeBron James laid the ball up and Tatum fouled him horribly. Yeah. You yes. don't remember that? Yes. Eric Lewis is refereeing that game. Well, okay, I disagree with that. <laughs> so, I don't so think you should be able to though. referee your. If you have a favorite team, you should yeah. not be able to referee those games. That's yeah. my that point. I agree because with. That's it. every call he has, regardless if it looks right or not, I think as a fan, I'm going to look at that and say, was that the right call? Mm-hmm. Every time. Really? What if he's, if refer- he's what if he's refereeing a Pistons Cavs game? No, I'm fine with that. Oh, okay, it's so you're just talking Celtics about Celtics games. games. Yeah, I right. agree with that. I don't think he should be able to referee Celtics that's games. That's why I don't think he should be vocal about it. Be a fan, just don't be vocal. So no one feels a way when... Well, how did they find out he was a Celtics fan? I'm not sure. Did he just come out and say, How do you say that? I think, I, I want to say, like, he's just shown, I mean, on his own personal Twitter page, he's shown that he's, like, he's been to Celtics games. Like, it's, it's just another So he thing. has a burner mm. account and then a personal account. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, like, it's it's Come on, it's boy. Known. Do better yeah. than that. Yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah, what I'm saying. You, yeah. you do, you're really doing the most. Like, that's a little extra. Yeah. Oh, and Ashley, did you did you see that uh, the Knicks parted ways with their GM? Zim. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? We're making room for Bob Myers. Is that oh, that's Astra? What, what's, what's your nickname? Astradamus. Astradamus. Are you? It's all are you part. It's all that? part. It's all part of the plan. Uh oh. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and with that said, I, I'm wondering if if that's because maybe he it was his thoughts to keep maybe some players in the Knicks organization. It was the owner's thoughts to know we need to move on from them. Do you think, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to speculate or anything. You think that's maybe the case there or? Um, you mean to make what's, Like, What's the state of the Knicks? Where, where do they go from here? Because I, I, have we had that conversation? Where do the Knicks go from here? The only way to go is up. What you mean? <laughs> Let's talk about the Knicks. Huh? We're going to do that for a little bit before we get Antoine Walker on. Keep uh, Stay tuned, right? Because Antoine Walker and Ashley are actually going to go over their top five players deserving of a Supermax contract. But, yeah, before we do that, let's talk about the Knicks. Let's talk about yeah. the Knicks. Like, like, do you think – who are they building around moving forward? Is it Julius Randle or is it Jalen Brunson? No, it's Jalen Brunson. It's I Jaylen think Brunson. Julius Randle's not a number one guy. Mm-hmm. Love him. Um, but he's not number one guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the Knicks are one star away mm-hmm. um, from taking it all the way. 
Um, I think that series against Miami probably showed up the most. And um, I think that the Knicks, though, foundationally are in a good position. Mm. I think we have a nice core group of guys. I think there's continuity there. I think that we finally have a level of stability in the front office. I know the GM is gone, but the rest of the guys are still there. Tibbs is still there. Um, but yeah, I just I think that the Knicks are in a really good position. And I think, and I've said this, and multiple Knicks fans have said this, we're just one piece away. Mm-hmm. Just one. And that's better than being multiple pieces away. Yeah. And um, when Bob Myers gets there, he'll take us to the promised land. So I'm excited. What position do you think it is that that's, that, that's going to be that one piece? Is it because you're good at the you point need guard more scoring position? Help. You, you, need, you think you need like a two guard? Yeah. Like a scoring we, need, guard? we need more scoring help. We need somebody who's able to go ahead and um, get some points on the board and can do it when you need it the most. Right. Um, that was one of our biggest issues was that we didn't have the scoring help. So, um, do you know who they're or where they're picking in uh, next year's draft? Uh, not very high. See. I don't believe. Yeah. Do you think it's a draft pick? Do you think it's somebody that's on? I, I like, got BC saying they traded their pick. We did the trade our year. pick. Oh, in the Jalen Brunson trade, right? Yeah. Who's uh like? Who are some guys that's on the end of the bench? Like uh, like they traded Grimes, it to Portland like for Josh Grimes. Hart. Oh right, it was the Portland for Josh Hart. I knew it was for one of those guys. Yeah, we traded our pick to Portland for uh, Josh Hart, who I absolutely love. Yeah. But like, he's getting roasted for drinking breast milk yeah, on did Twitter. You, did you see that? I mean, can we have an honest conversation? <laughs> yes, yes, can we? I, yeah. I know a lot of men who've had babies. Uh huh. Drinking breast milk or trying it is really not that far fetched. You I, can't you can't talk to a man who has kids mm-hmm. and say that when he was with his when his girl was pregnant yeah i'm sorry not pregnant when the girl was you know like when she after she gave birth yeah. and she was nursing, nursing right that he didn't try her breast milk i feel like that temptation he would be lying be real well you don't have kids do you no okay uh um, who has kids here i don't know does, does bc got kids bc in the no. booth no bc in the booth only mysterious kids? mandeville ask mandeville if he ever tried breast milk uh <laughs> as of right now i'm being told he doesn't want his uh, milk consumption out in the streets. So that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a yes. I'd be Anybody willing. I'd be, will, ever, I'd be willing to bet milk? good money that Brandon Marshall has had breast milk. Um, let's see. Anyone in the chat? That's what I want to know. I Anybody think in the it's chat one of those ever things where milk? it's like once it's your family, once it's your unit, I think people are willing to do more different things, right? Like, mm. I mean, let's see. Anyone in the chat who has kids, or maybe you don't have kids, but you've tried breast milk. I'm not I'm not judging. If you have tried <laughs> breast milk and you don't think it's that bad, go ahead and let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm wait, curious. Wait, did you say I just saw somebody maybe I did I did I miss you saying maybe it tastes like chai? Did is it did you say that? No, no, no. That was not okay. that was not woo. I was reading somebody. That was not woo. I was reading he the said comment maybe in the it tastes chat. like chai. I barely consume yeah. dairy, so that yeah. wouldn't be no, me. Are you not a yeah. dairy guy? Not a dairy you, guy. You so like you you drink, eat cereal still? No. No? I don't eat cheese pizza. And my child is for still eating cereal. Tony Garner said breast milk isn't terrible. Yeah. Somebody said they terrible. say it's sweet. Tone Miggin says I've tried it. Tone, how did you like it? What did it taste like? Right. Um, it's got to be better than cows though, right? Because they say you shouldn't. Muhammad said I ain't going to hold Why? y'all. I tried it by accident. Why is that the word that, that you shouldn't drink cow milk? Because, okay, let me go ahead and break this down for y'all. Because I made the transition. As somebody who was born lactose intolerant, I've done a lot of research on dairy. Perfect. And when you think about dairy, okay, dairy is a way for mammals to feed their babies. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when you are a cow, Mm -hmm. 
your baby drinks milk from you to nourish its body. Same thing right. with goats, same thing with every other animal. Human to human. Mm-hmm. You should not be drinking the milk of an animal mm. that is not your mother. Mm. So therefore, you drinking cow milk when you are not a baby cow right. is ridiculous. Yeah. It's not meant for you. It is meant for the calf. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you should be drinking So we just have to the mama's but milk. But is it a detriment to our bodies to be it's drinking It's not cow great. Milk? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of research about it. There's just, you know, it's not great for humans to drink or consume animal dairy. It's mm-hmm. just not meant for your body. It doesn't break yeah. down in your body the same. It's just really not meant for human consumption. Yeah. That's why it's for mammal to mammal. Inflation, infl- inflammation is what BC right. is uh, saying. Mucus. Whales drink whale milk. It, like it it's not. It increases 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 the inflammation. Cow milk does. Yeah. Interesting. That's so what basically, and it's filled at my big age. I should it's not also be filled. Cow milk. No, I, actually, I don't though. I don't. I actually, I blindly made the transition to oat milk because I just. I fell into all not of, like, only the chatter, that, but, but there's also there's sure also why. a lot of stuff in, in animal dairy yeah. that's not meant for the digestive system of humans. So we're talking about that that won't hurt a calf mm-hmm. because of what the cow's DNA is, but you as a human, it's jacking you up and you mm. don't even know it. Dang. But like, I will agree with Nick Nick in the chat who mm-hmm. says, and this is just old philosophy, old knowledge, but eighties babies raised on cereal and milk. That's just that's just. Well, we kinda, didn't know like, any we didn't better. We didn't have the education yet. We didn't yeah. know any better. Yeah. I definitely still. I mean, I was born in the milk. '90s, so and I was born lactose intolerant, so I've never had animal milk. Uh-huh. So I've never had this issue. Yeah. Um. But yeah, back in the '80s and the '70s and the '60s and the '50s, they didn't know any better. It was mm-hmm. it was like a super drug back then, mm-hmm. like drink milk and strong bones. Remember the Got Milk campaigns with the mu- milk mustache? Correct. I don't milk. understand how much yeah. milk I drank as a kid. I love milk. That was probably like my favorite drink. Were, as a kid. Okay, were you a by the glass drinker of milk? Yes. Yuck. <laughs> Look at Ashley's face. Yes. Corey like I, literally will, will go to a fridge, I will drink a tall pop it glass open. Of milk. Yeah. Like, and, not even chocolate, not just plain? Milk. I haven't done that in years. Not, like, just don't plain milk? Yeah, plain milk. Plain You're milk. a different breed, man. Yeah, man. I mean, did y'all, well, so you probably didn't, Ashley, but in school lunch, like, did you did you drink the milk with, with the No, with unless it was with cereal, I never drank milk like really? that. Really? Who no. just drinks milk? Hold on. Like, Hold like, on. Like, I thought a, that was, like soda. That's wait, weird. Wait, 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 wait. That's, so that wasn't a thing in elementary and middle school. No, it wasn't no, they a thing. Gave, they just, gave me okay. the pouch. I just didn't no, choose to drink it. No, it's not a pouch. It, it was a carton. It was the carton. It was the carton. <laughs> the little, the little the mini little carton. carton. Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking no, about No, someone in the chat said that Tony Gardner said that's sick, Corey. <laughs> I see a couple. I'm with Corey's, though. Chrissy O says, nah, Corey looks like a milk hey, yeah, drinker. Yeah, I just saw that. Corey looks like a milk drinker. <laughs> hey, don't forget the EY. Corey, C O R E Y. I appreciate you, Marcus. Was it Marcus Curry? Sports talking milk. Yeah, yeah, I don't. No. I don't. <laughs> we having a uh, sports talking. Wait, so what's so what's your alternative? Is it is it almond milk? I've is only it... ever had almond oat. I've been drinking oat and almond before it was cool. Yeah. At one point, I was drinking soy, but they say soy has some things with like your reproductive system, and you shouldn't really consume too much of it. Well, I, um, I know for men, men aren't supposed. Yeah, because it's filled with soy. estrogen. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but women don't want an excess amount of estrogen either, so I drink soy in like moderation. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, glad I've to only have ever. I've only ever, I've never been a dare. I've my body was. I was literally one of the first people in my family, or if I think I was the first person in my, to be born lactose intolerant. So mm. I've never been able to like consume. So this milk. was something like, did you have to learn that maybe in like the first early couple months? When I was a baby, my mom would like um, give me milk, uh-huh. and I would be sick. Like uh-huh. I'd be colicky, crying, and she was like, I don't understand. And then the doctor, when she took me to the doctor, um, 
they suggested switching me to formula and mm -hmm. the crying and the colicky stopped. So that's how they figured it out. Mm. Diapers was probably looking crazy too. Yeah. Huh? Crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Diapers crazy. was looking nasty. <laughs> like, listen. Nah, I'm a big, oat, I've transitioned to oat milk. I actually really like yeah. it though. Cause I was oat also, milk's amazing. Yeah, I like, uh, what brand do you use? Um, Silk. Okay, I use Oatly. I'm a blue diamond almond kind of guy. Blue diamond almond. Blue diamond yeah. almond's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't like Oatly, sweeteners, things think, like uh, that. And Jay Z has some steak in Oatly, I think. I think he's like a part owner of Oatly. Really? Jay Z got awesome in coffee. Oatly is great. Yeah. Jay, uh, Jay -Z, uh, I'm getting BC confirming. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, was, I was already, like, that, that was already, like, the brand that I chose. And then I learned that after the fact. And I was just like, oh, that's a bet. Now, now I know. Yo, I'm, I'm, when Antoine comes yeah. on here, we got to ask him if he ever had breast milk. <laughs> yeah, we got to. It's only right. <laughs> we'll have him on in a second. You know, it's he has right. kids. We gotta definitely ask him if he has if sure, he's yeah. had oat, um, breast milk before. Yeah, he's, he's I personally man. like. This might be kind of gross, mm -hmm. but like one day when I have a kid, mm -hmm. I'm gonna try my own breast milk. <laughs> yes, I don't think that's, that's gross. Like, I, I was never it's, even before. It's come out of my body. Yeah, I want to yeah, know yeah. what it tastes like. Yeah, you even, know what I mean. Even before, when you guys whole, were kids, like, you didn't like smell scabs or none of that. Would you say smell? Huh? Would you say? Okay, just draw that from the record. He smell said scabs. He said you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> no, but my cousin, my cousin used to pick his boogers and smell them. No, what? I don't even okay. get that. It's already in your nose. No, but like pick the booger out and then look at it, smell it, and then he would flick it. Nah. Smell it? I don't get the smelling part. No, I mean I know, I know. That's like a human. That's like human. I used to when I was a little smell. kid. I used to do that with my belly button. Like oh. I would stick my belly button, my finger in my belly button, and like twirl it and I would smell it. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> See, so I'm not alone. I used to smell my scab. That's that, that's freaking nasty though. I almost, I, I almost I dropped it F-bomb. I was just a big nail biter as a kid. That was about it. You I were a was, nail biter? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's a habit that I tried, I, I've been trying to refrain from even as like as an adult. I've obviously been able to kind of ditch it for the most part. Yeah. Now I just feel like I kind of just have like a, like a personal like nail clipper. I don't know. But like I used to actually chew on the nails. Is that weird? Yeah, that that's really gross. So much dirt gets under your since, nails. Since that's we why just I don't admitting like all the, the weird things that we did. We had hey, man, right? we're building our audience right now, man. Yeah. They got hey, to man, know us. I want to mention something else, but I just feel like it's a little bit too X-rated. I don't know. Because I, <laughs> I, I have guy cousins, and I know other things that they used to do, but I'm going to just well, keep woo, that. Well, you said you used to smell your scabs? Yeah, yeah you can have to elaborate on that, bro. What you mean? So <laughs> basically, you know, when you're a kid, you're just getting cuts all the time. And like when I would go home, I would take the bandage off, bandage off uh -huh. in between changes and I'll just give it a little whiff. That's uh -huh. freaking weird, Woo. I know it's weird. That's I was so a weird. young single digit kid. It's a safe space, man. We just being open and honest today. Huh? <laughs> now, I don't care. I don't mind My cousin used to do some you know things as he was going through puberty that it was oh just nasty. Goodness. No, but we don't got like a like a Ashley story or like anything you used okay. to do as a kid like you know, we, we we made both of our admissions. Oh, I think we got Antoine. Yeah, I told I you my belly button. Oh, you did say that. You said you said twirl it around. Yeah, it was I used to take something. my finger, put it in my belly button, twirl it around, Yeah, and then I'd smell it. Yikes. All right. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Good people, I think we have Antoine Walker on with us. Is Antoine Walker on? Can oh, we see him? Can we get a visual He, he just got to unmute. There he is. There he is, my guy. Antoine Walker, how we doing, boss? He's on mute. We can't hear him. Yeah, I think we, I think we got yeah, you on is. mute. Can you hear me now? We yes, can hear sir. you yes, now. Yes, sir. We can hear you. How are you feeling, man? There. Doing good? I'm doing good. Man, man, good to have you back Antoine, on. before... I don't know about, like, I don't know about um, that topic you started. Yeah, yes. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> before, before we get into right. basketball talk, you know, Josh Hart went viral on Twitter. Stephen A. Smith did a whole expose on it on his podcast about drinking breast milk. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had breast milk? And what does it taste like? <laughs> nah. No, I ain't never had no you never had it. Milk. You were never <laughs> curious never to try it. it? No, I got two kids, but no, I, ba- I got baby mama, so I wasn't trying to try the breast milk. Oh nah. my god! <laughs> it, was a, it was a no for the breast milk. Are, are you a, are you a, a, a cow milk guy, or are you a almond milk, or are you an oat milk guy? Vitamin D, whole milk, cow. Cow. Oh, he oh, said vitamin wow. D. That, that's that's me. Okay. He's still drinking cow milk. So just like Corey. Yeah, no, I well, like, no. I, I, I said I. I, 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 I transitioned. Can't do all the new, new age milks. I like the regular one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I transitioned to oat milk now. But when I do when I do want to drink a glass of milk, I, I, I you know every once in a while I'll. Uh, I'll uh, indulge or, or enjoy a glass of, of cow milk. Okay, but, uh, let's not. Yeah, let's, let's not. All right, moving on, moving on. Let's, let's talk basketball. Huh? We got our, our NBA contributor, Antoine Walker, on with us. Pleasure to have you on, of course. But this is where we're going to start with, Ashley. We're going to start with your top five players deserving of a Supermax deal. So what I did was ask Ashley. Ask Ashley. God, I can't talk. Ask, ask Ashley. Yeah, that's, that's like a tongue twister. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Ashley to come up with the top five players she felt is deserving of the Supermax contract, right? Whether now or in the near future. And this is her top five list. Ashley, you want to go through them? I'll let you go through them. So I threw in the obvious. Jason Tatum, obviously. Um, Nikola Jokic, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. He's on the extension, not a Supermax. Mm-hmm. Luca, also I believe on the extension, not a Supermax. Giannis, um, is he on a Supermax? Oh, he's he an extension. Is. He actually he's on is the, on a Supermax. I thought he was on an extension. So so actually, the all the players right now on a Supermax, Curry, Giannis, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Rudy Gobert, and Damian Lillard. Oh. So, I mean, how about Gian, Giannis obviously is deserving of it, so we'll keep him up. We'll keep Giannis up there. Yeah. And I threw in a little bit of a hot take, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. I threw in a little bit of a hot taker. 
I really like that choice. Yeah. I really like that choice. Antoine, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this, man. Do you think, you know, are you, are you with this top five? Of course, you know, Giannis is actually one of the players on the Supermax, but you got a lot of other guys that made, obviously, all NBA, which puts you into the conversation of the Supermax conversation. You like this top five? I actually like, I like four out of five. I don't like uh, Jamal Murray being on um, a Supermax Ouch. guy. I don't, no? Okay. I don't, I don't think he's a guy that you could um, build a team around. So I wouldn't necessarily put him as Supermax. I think he's a great contributor. I think he, he plays really well with Jokic and, and what they have going right now in Denver, as we're going to see in the finals. But I don't think he's a Supermax player. I do like the other four guys, actually. I think that you hit a home runs with those four guys. I don't think Jamal Murray's at that level where he's a Supermax player. What about if Jamal and Jokic both stay in Denver? You have the now the new CBA only allows you to have two players on a Supermax. You don't think those two would be the duo that you would give it to? No, just because you have it don't mean you got to use it. You got to mm-hmm. have a Supermax player. I yeah. think Jokic is obviously a Supermax player, but Jamal Murray's great. He's been, he's been obviously terrific in the playoffs, and he's on the big stage now coming in the finals, and he can you know possibly change my mind if he can you know, maybe possibly win the finals MVP or something. But I don't think right now mm-hmm. I'm not. If I'm trying to start a franchise or he's probably, to me, he's a third star. I don't have him as wow. a two guy. He's really? a third star to me. So wow. you you would I, think he's a third star on Denver right now? No, he's actually number two. He has to play well for them to win. He has to play really well for them to win. He's, he's actually the number two guy for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, but Denver has a collection of very good players, you know, so it, he doesn't have to be over the top. That's why sometimes you don't see he doesn't have to have 30 every night for them to win. Um, but some superstars have to have huge nights every night for their team to win. He's not He's not one of them guys that have to do that. Well, on that note, uh, Antoine, I, was, I had told the crew yesterday, he's had uh, a, quite a playoff run in their first series with the, the Timberwolves. They won that series, I think it was 4-2. But it's, no, it was 4-1. Um, and he averaged 27 points in that series. Then they took on the, the Suns in that series. He averaged 24. And then in the sweep with the Lakers, he averaged 32 points. So, I mean, you can argue that he's been a, a huge contributor really in this playoff run. And, I, and I'm somebody, if he gets a ring this year and then he shows during the regular season, because I felt during the regular season this year, right, it was kind of a time for him to kind of get acclimated coming off his injury from the previous season. But I think he's a guy that, that, you know, he could be a top six, you know, I say top six point guards because there's, you know, there's, there's six guards that are elected to uh, all NBA recognition. So I think he can be somebody, if he's showing, uh, if he shows what he's doing in this, in these playoff, in this playoff run that, that the Nuggets have gone on throughout all next year, he could certainly be in that conversation. You, you want to say so? I mean, obviously, he can, he can play his way into mm-hmm. a Supermax deal. Mm-hmm. Um, just right now, do I think he's a Supermax player? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, obviously, he's huge and for Denver and what they have to do uh, for them to win, and he plays such a huge role for them. But, yeah. um, you know, I, was, I just wouldn't throw that Supermax around yeah. too yeah. easy. I think I, we don't want it that. And I think I don't, I, I want it's a separation. It's a reason why you pay mm-hmm. guys for Supermax, and they have that guy on their team, and, and Jokic, and, um, obviously, he's playing. He's an MVP. So they got that. And I think they have a very good team, a collection of really good players. And you mm-hmm. had Michael Porter and Kateus Pope and those guys on the on the roster, too. So they have a really good team. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why they're in the finals. I'm, I'm just a guy who just won't give that super max up mm-hmm. that easy. No, I think I that's for elite players um, in the league that really makes a difference. That's going to really change your wins and losses on a consistent basis. And how far you can go in the playoffs. Yeah, understandable, understandable. Ashley, did you have any like honorable mentions maybe that you were considering putting on the list, but you just couldn't? I would say Jimmy Butler. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, you, you would pay you you would pay Jimmy again at, at his age, the supermax. I mean, yes. I just don't feel like who else would you pay? Like who else is going to go ahead and lead this team? I just want to. I mean, we're looking at it. It's not going to be Tyler Hero. It's not going to be Bam Adebayo. He's already shown that he needs Jimmy to be successful. Unless you plan on getting another Jimmy Butler, they don't have the draft picks to do that. Jimmy's going to be part of this team for a long time. You're going to have to pay him to keep him, keep him happy at least. Yeah. I just don't see what their other option would be. Yeah. I, I, think, that Fry, team, I, I don't know what the future holds. I mean, obviously he's been unbelievable. I think he's been a super max player. I mean, they've been to the finals a couple of times. He's been terrific. Um, but to give him that right now, I don't know how much more he got left in that tank. Ooh. Back him into that to five-year run. Mm. Mm. Um, he said your boy Jimmy is getting close to being washed. He's running out of gas. Antoine, you think he's running out of gas? <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say washed. I, I wouldn't definitely want to say that. I mean, mm-hmm. but he's getting older. He's got a lot of wear and tear on his body. Um, I'm just talking about fulfilling the Supermax deal. Yeah. Um, can he fulfill that deal and play at the level that he's playing at? I mean, he's one of the top you know, 15 players in this league and, and has been terrific over the last three, four years and has done a terrific job for the Miami Heat and, and um, keeping them and championship relevance and which is really hard to do but but jimmy's done a terrific job of it yeah no no i agree i agree now outside of the five that ashley came up with any honorable mentions and outside of course jimmy butler any other players come to mind maybe like i know i know to to maybe start that thought process i had De'Aaron fox i think he's a guy that might be worthy of the supermax another one is shea gilgis alexander I think who he's who uh, the Thunder if they want to you know well because you know they were they were on like the bubble they were they were like on the bubble of being a playing team I think they can you know they could build something special around Shea Gilgis Alexander and some of the other pieces that they have down there so those were two of my honorable mentions if I was basing it off of Ashley's list you got any other names that come to mind? No, I, I like that. I like those guys. I'm a little biased now. I ain't gonna lie to you guys. Those Kentucky guys, so we stick together. Yeah, of course, so, of course. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a little biased, but no, I, I I do like those those. Those two young guys. Oh, those they just, both were no, going to Kentucky. Just, mm-hmm. Kentucky be producing a, them, boy. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a great topic uh, to have and, and to talk about because everybody, even though you know we talk about guys being all stars, everybody's not super max. Right. And I think you know, I mean, we can't just use that term or super max loosely and pay guys because they're the best player on their team. Some mm. guys, you know, the super max mean guys that can get you get you there give you an opportunity to possibly uh, build a team around them and win a championship. So everybody in the league is not like that. I mean, some guys that are all-stars. So that's a tough that's a tough list to, to try to come up with. Mm-hmm. Damn, I forgot Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I mean... I, I mean, we'll be interested to see Jalen Brown. See, see, he's up this summer for a contract. Mm-hmm. And it's... I mean, in Boston, they don't know... They don't really don't know what to pay him. Yeah. Yeah, you especially, know, I mean, after how the like, season you know, just went. Yeah, and then you know he's, I mean, obviously we know he's a terrific talent and he's definitely a, a, a max guy, but do you want to pay him close to $300 million? Yeah, right. You know, that, that's, those are some of the things that, you know, that's one of those players that you got to think about. That's why I said we can't use that super max loosely. We got to make sure that, that, you know, it's a few players that's deserving of that, but everybody's not super max just because they're an all-star. Well, uh, speaking of, of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, what happened to your Celtics, Antoine? What went wrong? Give us, give us the breakdown. What happened? <laughs> um, you know, one thing about the Celtics, I think the Celtics weren't as, as deep as we thought they were. Um, you know, you saw times where they had, they really shortened up the rotation. Um, but it came down to, you know, to me with the Miami Heat and the way they play and the way that their culture and the way that, they just got a lot of heart. 
I just think Eric Strosom's game plan was much better um, than the um, Yudoka's. I mean, not Yudoka, I'm sorry. Missoula. Uh, Missoula, yeah. Missoula's uh, game plan. And I just feel like when you really look at it, they took the heart of the Celtics. Mm. They really went there and, and really kind of like game banged them. If you if that's mm-hmm. if you want to use that word, just kind of went there, just kind of took their heart. Mm-hmm. I think that was the that was the best thing about it. That's the one thing that I loved about it, that they went in there and did that. But the one thing the Celtics are going to have to do, and obviously in, in moving forward with these two guys, you got to make a determination on whether or not you're going to keep those two guys, whether or not you're going to keep those two guys together because they have they have brought you a lot of success. You have made tremendous and deep runs with them. So you definitely don't want to just blow this up, mm-hmm. but you also got to get some be- the moving parts around him. You got Al Horford, who's uh, getting a lot older. Um, you got to decide on what you're going to do with him. Um, Robert Williams, I mean, you guys saw that he didn't have a a big role. Um, we all thought he would have a bigger role right in that Eastern Conference Finals. So um, they got some things to figure out um, the Celtics, but they're in great position. I think you pay both of those guys and you keep them together. They've had nothing but success. Why would you break it up? Well, that was going to be that was going to be my next question. There's a lot of it seems like within the NBA discourse, there's a 50-50 uh, argument about whether or not Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can play together, can win together when it matters the most. Jalen Brown has expressed, whether directly or indirectly, his unhappiness not necessarily with the Celtics team, but with the city of Boston. You know, for what he stands for, what he believes in, and I guess the contradicting. Um, environment of the of the city of Boston. Do you think that he requests to be traded and walks away from that money and gets paid elsewhere, or do you think that there's this squad, those two at least, that tandem stays together? Um, I think the, I think well, I would start with say the market value is very high for him, so he could definitely go somewhere else and get close to max money, if not max money. Um, but I think you know Boston's a sports town. I mean, I played there for eight years. They're gonna be they 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 like excellence. They like championships. They're gonna support you. Um, when things are going great, it's gonna be the one of the best places you want to play at. Yeah. But you know, it, when things are not going good, and the expectations is is to win championships. I mean, that's 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 how they are. It's gonna be tough. I think he got he has to understand that when you play in a town like that, that's had an organization that's had as much success as they had. That comes with the territory. And most players should embrace that. I hope he does embrace that. Um, I'm still affiliated with the organization. They love him. He just has to embrace the moment, embrace the challenge. And it's hard to win a championship. But they've been very successful and put themselves in ch- opportunities to be able to have a shot at winning. They they can get over the barrier eventually, but you got to keep going because they're young enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think with him, he just got to know that, hey, look, I, I'm playing with another superstar in, in, in Jason Tatum. we having a lot of success. We're making title runs. I don't know what else you're looking for, especially if he's able to get um, a max deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you, Corey. Christio in the chat says she has inside information oh, oh. that Jalen Brown is staying in Boston. Is so I just right? want to just want to put that out there. Is that right? That's okay. what she said. Hey, all right, yeah. Christio. We we we, <laughs> we got an insider here in our in our uh, <laughs> in our chat. Okay, cool. Hey, I'll I'll take it because I mean to your point though, um, Antoine. Yeah, if they if they break up, they might find themselves like, oh, man, like I, I wish we would have just stuck to it, right? Stay like the they course. might, yeah, yeah, like they'll, they, I think they'll both will find themselves in a situation not better than what it was if they'd have just stayed together and and, and stuck it out. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. It'd definitely be interesting to see what happens this off season, especially with um, 
you know, Jalen Brown eligible for the Supermax deal. So we shall see. But how about we get into game one tonight, Nuggets versus Heat. It's going to be a huge matchup between the two teams. I wanted to ask you, Antoine, as a, uh, you know, as a player who's done it, you know, done it at a high level, the Nuggets, right? They're coming off, of, they, they swept the Lakers. So we know they've had a long break and the Eastern Conference Finals was a battle between the Heat and the Celtics. So they, I mean, they just finished their series on Monday. The Nuggets are coming off nine days of rest. Is that going to give them an edge or is that something they should be worried about? No, actually, it, it helps. I mean, it does you're help. able to get nine days off. That's that's great to get your body. You know, right now your bodies are so beat up, but to have an opportunity to to get some rest and get your legs back under you is going to be great. You can see some rust probably in game one, because um, obviously they haven't probably practiced hard. It's probably just been a lot of shooting and walking through mm-hmm. um, game planning. So you're not getting a lot of five on five contact. So you can start. They'll probably start off this. I can see game one being a little little sluggish and the Heat having the momentum to be able to go in there and steal game one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest is great. I, I think after game one, they'll fall right back into place, and you'll see the same Denver Nuggets team we've seen throughout the playoffs. But I could, I could see some rust being in game one, but I don't think it continues throughout the playoffs. Yeah. Is there no truth, the though, time. to the team that has the momentum? I mean, you have Miami coming off of a game seven with Boston, so the last time they played basketball was only three days ago at this point. And then you have the Denver Nuggets who've been chilling basically since, you know, for over a week now. Is there no truth to the, you know, the favor lies, lies with those who have the momentum? I believe I believe that this is a chance for the Heat to steal game one. Mm. Just mm. because they've been in rhythm, they've been playing. Um, the Nuggets have been sitting and, and, and resting. And like I said, right now you can't afford to get anybody hurt. So we know they're not practicing hard. You know, you're really probably dummy in plays and – but only guys are probably just getting up shots. It's probably a lot of individual work. There's no real teamwork going on. Everything's probably a walkthrough. So you're not because you don't want to get anybody hurt. So the advantage is to the Heat to go in there and steal game one. Mm. Everything is on their side because they should they should be in a good rhythm, um, got fresh legs. You know what I mean? So they they gonna be good. And what I mean by fresh legs is fresh legs of being playing basketball. Right. The different Nuggets being off is not having been playing basketball. They've been doing a lot of walkthroughs, a lot of individual instruction. It hasn't been five on five. So you, the Miami Heat have an advantage to go in there and steal that game. That's interesting. And you don't think the elevation would be a factor at all for the Heat? Did you see that they, uh, they flew from Boston usually, straight to Denver well, the night after? Yeah, it's usually a factor the first six, seven minutes of a game. Okay. After that, you get once you get your win, you got to think about it. At this point in the season, everybody's in terrific shape. You know what I mean? They're in optimum shape right now, so it won't be a problem. I would say it was during the season, yeah, but these guys are in great shape right now. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got a question for you two, though. What's going to be the biggest challenge that the Nuggets face in this series against the Heat? What's one thing that stands out to you? I can start with you, Antoine. For me, it's going to be adjusting to the Heat changing defenses, I think, for Mm -hmm. Denver. The Heat are not going to give them a steady diet of the same thing. It's not going to be just man-to-man. The Heat are going to play a lot of zone. Um, can Denver um, adjust to that? Can they make enough threes to get Miami to come out their zone? I'm looking for those type of things. It's not They're not going to let Jokic out. Eric Sprosum is too good of a coach. He's one of the best coaches in this league. Jokic is not just going to flat out just beat them. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to be at the – I don't know. I can't tell you what they're going to make him a passer yeah. or they're going to let him be a scorer. Yeah. But he's not going to be able to beat, just beat them. They're going to they're gonna do some things to try to slow him down. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, Ashley, before you chime in, I think because you said, are they going to make him a passer? Or are they going to make him a scorer? In my opinion, this is my take. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I think you got to make Jokic to score, right? Because to the points I had made earlier about Jamal Murray and what he's looked like all throughout this playoff run, I think the Nuggets are they, they win when Jamal Murray's playing well. So I think what they're going to do is. I want to say allow Jokic obviously to score. That's not gonna. That's never the game plan. But I think they're mm-hmm. gonna force him into being more of a scorer because the Nuggets are the best when he's facilitating and everybody's playing well, right? If Jamal Murray's on, then that means you know that that, that that's that's gonna uh, 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 have Aaron Gordon you know playing well. That's gonna Michael Porter's gonna play well. Everything's gonna fall in line. I think if Jamal Murray's playing well, so I think if they can exclude exclude Jamal Murray out of out of uh, their game plan out of uh, you know if they can neutralize rather Jamal Murray and just maybe force Jokic to be a score we've seen games where Jokic has scored 40 points and they've still lost and that's because he hasn't been able to incorporate his teammates I think that's the game plan they should have going into this game but Ashley yeah I wanted to ask you what's the biggest challenge that the Nuggets face I agree with Antoine. It's probably going to be that defense. It's going to be a lot of switching. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not going to be the same defensive scheme that I think they're accustomed to dealing with. It's definitely not going to be a lot of continuity. It's going to be constant movement, constant switching, maybe man-to-man, maybe zone, maybe a little bit of combination of both. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes it a little bit harder to guard your opponent when you don't know what's going to be thrown at you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be, you know, what I think the biggest challenge for the Nuggets is going to be for sure. Yeah. Now, what do you also, Antoine, what do you think is the best matchup for the Heat? Like, do you think, like, what will Bam, what will Bam be able to do against Jokic? How are they going to defend the Not Nuggets? much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I disagree, Ash. I think, I think Bam has an, an advantage in, in getting out in transition, running, making Jokic get up and down He's the quicker. floor. Um, I think attacking him, trying to get him in some foul trouble early in the game. I think it should be a conscious effort that the Heat try to go at him. See if you can pick up two early fouls and maybe sit them down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think obviously Jokic has the advantage. He's two skill of a player, MVP of the league. So Jokic definitely is the better player in that situation. But I think Bam can put a lot of pressure on him with doing a lot of the things that, that maybe not show up in the stat sheet, like getting up and down the floor, out trying to outrun him, um, force him to take tough shots. Um, you may not give him the minute, but you want to make him take tough shots. Bam is good enough defensively to, to do that. So I'm um, looking forward to it. I'm not saying you have to. It's going to be very obvious you're not going to stop him. Jokic has the ball in his hand 70, 75 percent of the time, but you want to limit some of the things that he does well. So if, if you want him to score, don't let him be a great passer. Get up and put pressure on him. Make him do other things. So I'm looking forward to that matchup because he's quick enough to make him do a lot of different things on the defensive end. Yeah. It'll be interesting what speed the Heat play at because throughout the regular mm. season they were one of the slowest playing mm-hmm. teams, right? The, the Nuggets were more of middle of the road, which to me means they can play at a semi-faster play- pace. They can't quite play at the pace of like the Lakers or the Warriors. That's exhausting for them. Mm-hmm. But they can play a lot faster than the Miami Heat can. Mm-hmm. But also, if you were to slow the game down in some regard, they can compete in that um, in that speed as well. So it's going to be interesting how the Heat combat that because, like I said, they're a team that does not like to play fast. It's not mm-hmm. where their bread and butter is. They were actually out of, uh, if I have to look at it, out of 30 teams in the NBA, they were 28 in speed. Yep. So one of the slowest, bottom of the barrel, whereas the Denver Nuggets were 19, so more middle of the road. It's going to be interesting what they do um, in that regard to kind of take the Nuggets out of it a little bit, but it's 
that's going to be a hard task because, like I said, when you're a middle-of-the-road team, you can play kind of in the middle. Like, mm -hmm. you can play a little fast, but you can also slow it down. Mm -hmm. um, Miami's going to have a hard time keeping up with the pace that the Denver Nuggets can play at when they want to play fast. That's going to be something to look out for also. Yeah, yeah. And, Antoine, what I wanted to ask, too, right, you speak of these two teams and the names that come up, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray on the Heat, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. Now, outside of the stars on both teams – who are the most important player? Who's the most important player on each of these teams outside of the stars? I think for Denver, that just jumps out at me right away is Michael Porter Jr. Mm. What are you going to get? What What are you going to give him? Is he going to be consistent uh, throughout throughout this series and scoring the basketball and being aggressive? He disappears to me sometimes, um, and they need his scoring. Mm -hmm. They're going to need him to, to to step up and and make shots. The Miami Heat are well coached and well disciplined. Mm. They're not just going to let Jokic and, and Murray beat them. They're going to force other guys to beat them. So Michael Porter Jr. has to be ready um, to go. And then for me with the Heat, I don't, I don't want to single out one particular player. I think mm -hmm. it's about the others. Yep. Um, the Mastrews and, and, you know, those guys and Duncan Robinson, um, Kyle Lowry, um, you know, the, the role players. And, and that's mm -hmm. funny that we use Lowry as a role player now. Mm -hmm. But those guys have, have got to be consistent, have to help out. Don't put so much pressure on Jimmy Butler to have to go get 35, 40 points. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and other guys have got to step up and help in the scoring department. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, like you said, everyone outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam, really, they should be relying on. Ashley, did you answer this one yet? Um, For me, Kayla Martin for Miami. Mm -hmm. mm. And for Denver, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. Caleb Martin, he's obviously had a great run. And then, you know, Aaron Gordon's another guy, right? Like, when the Nuggets are winning, Aaron Gordon, you know, he's he's contributed on the offensive floor. And he's always contributing on the defensive end of the floor. I think he's a great piece that they have there as well. Um, Antoine, we were talking about this a little earlier, right, Ashley and I. Uh, a conversation that's been had is, well, uh, one of the reports, one of the, the more recent reports is that Tyler Hero will come back in game three. Right, and what I asked Ashley was, is how will you incorporate Tyler Hero based on how this series goes through the first two games? Is some is he somebody you know you throw right back into the rotation, or is he somebody that you use situationally? So how how do you feel about the Tyler Hero situation that the Heat are having? I think he'll be used situation uh, in situations. I don't think you can kind of throw him back, throw him right into the mix, um, especially when you got other guys that are that are in rhythm and, and playing well. So you definitely have to pick your spots where you put them in. But they definitely can use them. They need scoring. Mm -hmm. um, we know that he struggles scoring the basketball at times, so they definitely need him um, on the floor helping out, especially with no Victor Oladipo. Mm -hmm. um, so anytime you can get some extra – I mean, obviously this guy's 20-point score at night, six men a year, so you, you definitely need him on the floor. Um, how, how effective he'll be, I mean, that remains to be seen. Um, but I think you use him in spot minutes. Mm -hmm. and, and see if he can give you a little scoring, maybe coming off the bench and help out. Um, but I wouldn't put too much stock into him changing the series. Yeah. Um, but he definitely can help them out. Yeah, yeah. The thought was, is like, you know, if the Heat lose both of these games in Denver, throw them in in game three to give them a spark, right? Mm -hmm. Or it, but, but if it's, uh, you know, a 1-1 one, one split, or even if, of course, the Heat, uh, you know, if they go up 2-0, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's how I put it, you know, earlier. I'd say, you know, again, just use him in situations, use him in moments because he is that talented. But, um, but yeah, you know, that that'd be it's going to be interesting to see what Eric Spolstra, you know, does there. But, um, you know, something else that we was talking about earlier too, Antoine. I want to get your thoughts on this. 
what would a title do for a guy like Nikola Jokic's legacy? Because, I mean, he's a two-time MVP. I mean, won two in a row. This year he was, uh, you know, he was in the race to, to uh, land his third MVP in a row. But he hasn't have a title yet. What do you think a title could do for his legacy? I mean, the conversation changes differently now. Um, mm -hmm. You start putting him in a category with is one of the top five centers to ever play the game. Yeah. Um, and and the people may and, and he's done it in a different way. We haven't seen centers get triple doubles and you know put up guard type numbers and forward numbers. You know, usually centers are just points and rebounds. This guy has a unbelievable um, ability to pass the basketball and make others better. Um, but the conversation changes and he starts to become one of the all-time greats. Um, in the center position, mm -hmm. that's that's what happens if he wins the title. The conversation just completely changes yeah. about this guy. I think guys respect him; they understand how good he is, how much of a unique player he is at his size. But now you get into that conversation with the big boys, with the Shaqs, with the mm -hmm. Hakeem Olajuwons, with the Jabars. You got to talk. You got to start to talk like yeah. that. This guy's been unbelievable in his career, and if he able to add a title to it the conversation changes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was my exact take. So mm -hmm. I said top five. Um, for people who maybe didn't want to put him top five yet, easily top ten, closer to top five. For me, he would be top five big men to ever play the game. No, he would Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then another conversation we had, Antoine, was Jimmy Butler, right? I mean, he's had, you know, a storied career up until this point. Ashley was saying, she, you know, he doesn't even really need a ring uh, at this point to be worthy of, of a Hall of Fame and, and you know, induct, worthy as an all, a Hall of Fame inductee. How do you feel? Do you, do you feel that, you know, with adding a ring, um, that puts him in the conversation or is he already in the conversation? Um, he's definitely in the conversation um, to be in the Hall of Fame. I do agree with Ashley on that. I get a ring, he's automatically yeah. now. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's one of the best two-way players in the league especially, obviously, at his position. I mean, defensively as well as offensively. Well, one thing I have the one thing I've always respected about Jimmy, um, and if you follow Jimmy Butler's career, is he's gotten better and better offensively. When he first came in the league, he was not that great on the offensive end, but he's developed the offensive package that gets him 20 points a night, and he's still one of the elite defenders in the league, and he shows up when it counts. I think that we got to remember Jimmy Butler is Mr. Playoff. Yep. He's done He's done but showed us that throughout his career that he shows up when it counts the most. So he's definitely a first-time ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and he'll go down as one of the top two guys to play the game. For sure. Do you think he goes down as one of the best Heat players ever? Ooh. Oh, no question. Yeah. But it's a, it's, it's another two guard I played with that's probably the And Dwayne Wade. He ain't, he ain't at the Wayne Wade level yet. Man. Now, is it because he just doesn't have that amount of rings or you just think, no, nah, there's just a difference really in just the skill level there? What would you say? No, and I, like, what if Jimmy? I mean, what if Jimmy gets like two rings, two, three rings? The ring, rings is rings is one, but I mean, um, skill level, talent level. D Wade was second to none. I mean, D Wade is special. Yeah, no, D Wade is arguably, you know, depending on how you want to make your list, top four two guard to ever play the game. Wow. Michael Kobe, yeah. him, put them in that conversation. It depends on how, how you like him. Yeah. He's one of the top. He's definitely top five two guard to ever play the game. So. Uh, I can't put Jimmy in that conversation right there. Understandable, understandable. Yo, you, you got a, well, because I got two questions. I'm like, you got to do a D-Wade story from when you guys were teammates? Um, 
I mean, I got a lot of D-Wade stories, on or off the court. On or off? Oh. <laughs> I mean, can we can we get maybe one on no, and then no. one off, maybe? I don't know. No, <laughs> but give, give us like a- The off the, off the court a, a is, is classified. PG, a PG rated maybe off the, the court? Off the court's oh, classified no. information. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just uh, off the court. Right. But no, uh, D-Wade story, um, nothing really interesting. I think one thing I always remember is, uh, is through our championship run and how he- took over as the man on the team. You know, he played with Shaq. Shaq was, he was supposed to be the guy. But just to watch D-Wade take over and become the superstar that he was was, was something special for me, especially being from Chicago. Um, and we, we in Chicago, we give D-Wade a hard time because he's from Robbins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes we don't claim people from Robbins if you're <laughs> from the city. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> he's a suburb. He, he from the suburbs, huh? Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> But no, D-Wade's my, um, a good friend of mine, and, and obviously um, he's been a terrific player in this league. But that year was just so um, special to watch him become this superstar. I think that's what was so, that was so fun for me. Obviously, before I got there, he was starting to make a, a big name for himself, but to watch him become the superstar. And people never talk about it. And that finals was special. Mm. I think he averaged 35, 34, 35. Yeah. That might, you know, that's one of the top five final performances um, possibly ever, man. He was mm. unbelievable in the final. So people don't understand that. But um, D Wade's a good friend. I, I always think that, you know, I think so highly of him. But um, when you try to compare him to other two guards, I got him like three or four all time ever. Hey. That's how good, that's how good I think he is. I'm putting Michael, Kobe, him. In that conversation, depending on what you, what you like, mm-hmm. I want to switch gears and switch teams for a second because the news came out: Bob Myers, you know, um, walked away from his position as GM of the Golden State Warriors. It's been a lot of eyes on the Warriors this season when it comes to the Draymond Jordan Poole situation, them underperforming in the playoffs, um, especially in that series against the Lakers when that last game only Steph Curry showed up. A lot of conversations of. Is the dynasty over? Is the championship window closed? Can this team even play together? Hearing that news, I know for me, raised a little bit of eyebrow or raised one of my eyebrows Mm -hmm. Um, because this is a guy who put this team together. He was, you know, just huge, monumental in creating this dynasty of the Golden State Warriors. And for him to walk away for me means that there's something there that he feels he can't fix. Now, I don't know what that is, but to walk away from something that a lot of people think is not over is a little alarming. What did you make of that? Um, I do think it's over for them mm. as far as, champ- as, far as championships. Um, I just think the the situation there with Draymond and Jordan Poole, we can't continually die that down. That That's still something I think that lingered through the season. I think it, 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 it affects that organization um, because they need to make a decision. Um, and, and they may not admit it, but I bet you that, lo- that locker room was probably not, not great this year. Mm. You saw that. Um, and they got to make a decision because Draymond's been obviously so special to them and done so many good things on the court. And he's been their leader and emotional leader for them. They got to make a decision on where they're going. Um, you know, Steph still has got a lot in the tank, it looks like, and um, the way he finished the season. Klay Thompson looks like he's coming back off entry. So the pieces are still in place to still be a very competitive um, team to make championship runs but I just still believe and I, I think people don't talk about it enough I still think that Draymond situation kind of you know bust the bubble 
yeah. out there in Golden State. I just think it, it'll never be the same with that group that's in place right now. I just think it, it won't. I just think so you, threw them off. you don't think that there's a way that Jordan Poole and Draymond can coexist next season? No, nah, I, I, I don't know if you somebody hit me still on me and, you know, goes viral and, and you get embarrassed like that mm-hmm. and you don't get to get the lick back. Mm. That's tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it, it means, I mean, we don't know if he got his lick back. Could have happened in practice. Jordan pulled in. He, he didn't want that pressure. Didn't he didn't get his lick back. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. But do you think, though, I mean, I hear that and I hear that when it comes to the ego. But I feel like for me. What was a little bit worrisome for me was Jordan Poole's inability to kind of put that on the back burner in order to go ahead and look at the bigger the bigger picture, which is to win a championship. We're not talking about a punch that happened during the playoffs. We're not even talking about a punch that happened prior to the playoffs. This was in the beginning of the season, before the season even started, during training camp. And it's very unfortunate that it happened, and I don't agree with what happened. But I just, for me, it was always the question of how long do you let that linger in your own mental to prevent you from doing what you need to do to go ahead and help this team win? That's the only thing is I don't understand why. Not saying him and Draymond had to be buddies and go play pool together and, you know, chop it up in the locker room. I guess for me, my only concern was how long do you let that linger Well, listen, guys, it's June 1st, which means it's the start of hurricane season here in the 305, which would explain why we lost power. The Mm -hmm. lights went out. It was dark. Everything. Corey started singing folk songs. It was it was intense. (laughs) It was Um, pitch black in here. It was pitch black in here. We had a we had a we felt like Aaron Rodgers when he went on his darkness retreat. Darkness retreat. That is. We did have a darkness retreat. We had our own little mini darkness retreat. How did you come out? Are you contemplating retirement or? You know, I feel I feel rejuvenated. I feel like a new person. So no retirement for you. What <laughs> no about you, Wu? You coming out of retirement or are you going to stay there? Uh, that might have scared me more into retirement. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Wu's staying in retirement. In uh, I, think I, I think, you know, once I get off of IR, I got a couple more years left in me. So mm-hmm. I'm good. You getting that Supermax, Ashley? I'm for sure getting that Supermax. <laughs> um, speaking of Supermax, we have some players who are eligible in tonight's upcoming game. Game one of the NBA Finals. Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat. Miami is in Denver, the Mile High City. Um, where the altitude is over 5,000 feet, which is mm. nuts. That is um, nuts. Corey, I don't think I need to know who you're going with, but I'll go ahead and entertain <laughs> you. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I'm going with the Miami Heat. I think they're going to win tonight. Now, well, I'm sorry. Was your question for the finals or was it for? For game one. Oh, for game one? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've won every other game one in this playoff. In this playoff Shocker. Point, right? So Groundbreaking think, analysis, Corey. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll go ahead and take game one of the NBA finals. Okay, but 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 yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. We'll we'll stick we'll stick with game we'll, one prediction. Well, right who now. do you have game one? Unfortunately, I hate to say this, mm-hmm. but Miami. Yep, go ahead. Just say because it. of the they they've been winning, I do think that they're going to take the first game, but my prediction is going to be Denver for the series. Okay, I have Denver winning tonight, and um, yeah. So keeping it simple, you guys know I have Denver. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game than mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to anticipate. I think Miami's going to have all the momentum in their favor. That first quarter, we're going to see, I agree with Antoine when he was on the show with us a few minutes ago, you're going to see a very rusty mm-hmm. Denver Nuggets team. Um, but I think they'll get into the swing of things. They'll get their momentum um, back, you know, towards that second quarter, definitely in the second half. 
Um, I have them winning this one, and I have them winning the series, which is no surprise. That was my pick from the very beginning. I'm going to stick was. with that. It was. What was your prediction for the series? Like, what, like how many games? Well, I had them facing Boston. Uh-huh. So I had it going seven. With Miami, though, I think it goes six. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think I think this might go seven. I've been telling people, I think this is like a series that's going to go back and forth. I think they're going to alternate really? wins all through. I think they'll split. Um, you know, each team will split their home series. I think mm-hmm. – uh, I think both teams will be able to win on the road. And I think this goes to seven. I mean, I think you just got two teams with just similar mindsets, similar, uh, I would say similar personnel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I just think it's going to be a battle. I really think it's going to be a battle to the end, all the way to the end. I love that for you. I, I, you're loyal to the soil. Yeah, of respect course, that. Of course. Maybe a little mi- misguided, but that's okay. <laughs> Not well, mad at it. Well, you know what I've been trying to do? You know, we could do some, uh, let's, let's, let's do some prop bets. Huh? How about that? I want to look at, uh, so yo, right now, Jokic's line is 27 and a half. You think he'll, he'll go over or under 27 and a half points tonight? Over. Over? Who, what you got? I say the same because I think they're going to play into your Jamal Mar- Murray uh, prediction where they're going to yeah. try to. Let him play and just kind of like, oh, sorry, opposite. Let Jokic play right. and defend everyone else. Let him, let him be aggressive on the floor, on, on the offensive end. For sure. And then, I think yeah. he's going to have a, a big game, but overall I, I still think the Heat's going to take the first game. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Jimmy Butler, his line's at 26 and a half. What do you guys think he'll do over or under? Hmm. I'm going to go over for Jimmy also. I'm going to go under. I think Jimmy's going to be a team player tonight. Mm. I think I think he probably fills out the Nuggets tonight. To your point, who? Yeah. I think he fills out the Nuggets. Fills out how they'll be playing them. I think but he gets his team involved too. But see, Jimmy's the type of guy, man. He's just gonna really fill out the game. So he's the type of guy. If the Heat fall behind early, if the Heat fall behind early, we'll see an aggressive Jimmy Butler. Um, but if you know, if the Heat, you know, they're keeping the score within you know two to three points, or even even five or six, we've seen the Heat go down by ten, and it's not an issue for them, yeah. right? But um, well, we know a twenty point lead ain't nothing now in today's NBA. Yeah, I know, I know. And you got time. And yeah, no, I think Jimmy Butler is just well, he'll fill the game out. So it'll be dependent on the on the game. If they fall, if they fall behind early. I think he goes over this. But if you know if the game is manageable and the Heat, you know, they they stay competitive and whatnot. I think, yeah, you're right. He'll probably go under here. He'll go under. But um, I tell you what, Bam out of bio, he needs to be able to rebound well. That's that's. Doesn't he be... always rebound well? That's not his issue. It's scoring. It, it's not his issue, but Bam's issue is he's a power forward playing center. Mm, Straight up, that's a take. That's that's my take on him. No. I love him to death for what he does for Me that too. team. Big Bam out of bio fan. But he's a power forward disguised as a center. Yeah, yeah. All right, people. We ran out of show. We ran out of show. We ran out of show. Is that it? That is yeah. It. Oh wow, it. that was a quick show. It sure was. Well, we listen. Appreciate all you guys. <laughs> We're gonna enjoy Game One of the NBA Finals, and we'll be back on Monday to recap it all. We'll actually have two games to discuss. Two games, yeah. Because I think there's a game Sunday. Game One and Game Two. Game Two is on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see whether the Heat are in trouble or right. if they got something cooking. We will know then. All right. Bye, y'all. Have a good weekend. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.